Welcome to the Good Dumbs Podcast, episode 9, with G-Man. It's me. And myself, Kala. Alright, Gerard, where do you want to start this off? Uh, well, huh, we talked about it before we started, but if you look yeah. at the NHL website... Um, That's right, we were starting with Colorado. Alright, no. Well, yes, that was absolutely the plan, but I just wanted to bring this up. Where, on the NHL website, it says Johnny Gaudreau wants to remain with the Flames. But, like, uh-huh. did you see the Twitter thing that apparently he was, like, practicing in Philly? <laughs> so it's like, yeah. uh, are you sure? It, how is that illegal? Like, that's not tampering? I have no idea. I mean, he's a fucking adult. Like, technically... And he's UFA. He's not even RFA. So I, he's not really doing anything wrong other than saying one thing and doing another. Like, as far as I know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's, it's a shitty thing to do, especially for Calgary fans. But I, in the terms of technique, like, I don't think he did anything wrong. Yeah, it's like, it's just mix, mixed signals. Yeah, no, it's, it's shitty, you know? I mean, if you want to go play in Philly, go play in Philly. Don't literally say, like, oh, yeah, I want to I'm gonna stay in Calgary. Like, obviously mm. not. You're already in Philly. Like, I don't know. But no, you're absolutely right. We said we would start with the Colorado-St. Louis series. That series was uh, something special, to say the least. I don't know how many kids it had. The, it had the drama... It had yep. the crazy ass fans. Mm-hmm. It was fucking the fucking blue started going psycho after Bennington got eliminated. But like, this is one of those things where like, I right, so I seen, I I can't remember if it was Nazem Kadri himself or if it was his like wife or whatever. But they posted all the racist shit that all these idiots were saying on Twitter or Instagram or whatever it was. And yeah. like, listen, there's absolutely. Like, how much of a piece of shit are you if you're like, wow, because even as a guy who thinks the hit was dirty, like, I'm not going to fucking reach out to Nazem Kadri and say a bunch of, like, what? It's a fucking game, Not even just him, his wife, too. Yeah, it's like, you're obviously a tremendous piece of garbage, on top of the fact that you're a tremendous idiot, because, like, how you take something like that and blow it up to, like, I'm not going to repeat the shit they said, because it's gross, but... It's like, I don't, like, these people have no grasp of reality, honestly. Like, even if that was, like, the other way around, there's no scenario where I do that to another human being. Like, you're just a fucking retard. But that being said, with, like, that doesn't mean that the entire St. Louis franchise are all idiot racists, you know what I mean? Like, everybody's just like, Blaming this on the St. Louis Blues franchise. It's like, come on. There's there's a lot of that, especially in the day of the internet. No, for sure. But I just think that, like, you can absolutely realize... This is a dumb thing. I got into an argument with some old lady on Twitter that was the same thing. She just called me a racist. I'm like, for what? Because I thought it was a bad hit. I'm not the moron that's emailing him or Instagramming him or whatever. It was a bad hit. That's all I think. I don't think any racist shit towards Nazem Kadri. Well, I'd rather like, FaceTime him. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, you can't just take an entire Blues franchise 
and all their fans and everything else and be like, well, now everybody that's associated with the St. Louis Blues is racist. Like what? Because like 10 people did something really fucking stupid. We're all on the same bandwagon that those people are assholes. That doesn't, you know, I bet you some of them weren't even blues fans. Also a very good point. You know, like it's just it's a stupid generalization that everybody's attacking St. Louis Blues and everything that encompasses them because of the actions of a bunch of idiots. Like that's dumb. That being said, just they played we... good. What was that? I thought uh, the Blues played really good. They surprisingly, just couldn't yeah. Pl- they just couldn't play better than Colorado. And th- that's that's what I said. Like you know, St. Louis was really gonna have to kind of lay on or like they needed Jordan Bennington and even still Billy Huso didn't play terrible, you know, when he, when he had to step up. So it's just a matter of like the blues caliber wise versus Colorado. I mean, Colorado's just a bar above. They're just so talented and they're scary. So, you know, I, honestly in that series, I thought like one of the really telling things was that I, I didn't think Darcy Kemper looked that great. Like he looked good, but a couple of those goals that I saw him let in, I was like, mm. you know, is that St. Louis being really good or is that Darcy Kemper being moderate? I think that was. I was wondering dumb. if they like. I was wondering if them picking him as the goalie is like a money ball approach. They're like analytically, he's good. Yeah, well, he's had good years. Like, it, it's he's not a bad goaltender, and he, he has played it's like, well. It's like we don't need Jonathan Quick. We just need like good enough because all the rest of the team is so good. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could say that about Edmonton right now. I mean, Mike Smith. I think everybody is saying that about Edmonton. <laughs> that is a very good point. Um, I also think that like, I don't know, uh, you know, the series, I-, I expected it to go a lot more lopsided in Colorado's favor. They let, I think that St. Louis leaned a lot on their goaltending, and uh, it's just lousy because, you know, had Jordan Bennington stayed in the series, they absolutely would have had a better shot at winning. Um, you know, Definitely. the hit aside, it, it's just a shitty situation because I, I saw Colorado win in this in four or five games anyway, so um, that did come to fruition. They Even still, with the Bennington injury, I thought they put up a really good fight. You had Colorado in five. I had Colorado in seven. Well, then you split the difference then, I guess. Um, yeah, no, I, listen, you know, Kadri, uh, do you know who, uh, Urinating Tree is on YouTube? He's a, Heard of it. he's more of a football guy, but he does some, yeah. some NHL content. Anyway, he, uh, he did a video on Nazem Kadri and how he like lived rent free in the St. Louis franchise's minds for the entire series, which I I, I think is pretty funny. Um, he said the hit wasn't dirty, which I do disagree with, but it, it was a really funny video. Um, I'll link it to you when. Uh, yes, send it to me. I want to check that out. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, uh, but uh, do you have anything else where we want to move on? No, it's uh, it's been said to death with this series already. Like. Mm-hmm. But the next one, the Battle of Alberta. Yeah, that 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 was a very strange series. Just, I mean, that was shockingly fast. Yeah, especially right. based on Game One. I also just like I don't know Calgary. I I think I should have been 
more critical of Calgary. You know, like going seven games with Dallas, with a Dallas squad that I'm not in love with. You know, the only reason that Dallas did so well was Jake Ottinger. But on the same token, like you, you want to beat Dallas in more than seven games, you know? So maybe I gave them a little more credit than they should have had coming into the Edmonton series. But yeah, it was rough. And listen, Connor McDavid, like that's really all you have to say about the Oilers. Although Evander Kane had a hat trick. I love Connor McDavid. Uh, well, but it's crazy because Connor McDavid uh, is like hockey Jesus. Quite literally, <laughs> he, um, you know, like anybody that's playing Edmonton, you literally if if you either have to headhunt or hope that uh, McDavid gets injured because if he does, that that team crumbles to pieces. Um, but they're literally just riding everything on the back of Connor McDavid and he, him, it is him and him alone. That's bringing them this far. And I, I don't care what anybody else says. You know, you want to say that like, Oh, it's Mike Smith or give anybody else a name. Well, dry sidles hurt. Yeah. And who else is on the team? Like, honestly, nobody else is really impressive. Um, Evander Kane had a hat trick. Yeah. Great. At least two of those Kane has been Connor McDavid. solid. Yeah, but it's not. I don't give that to him. I don't give him the credit there. I really do think again the the, the night he had the hat trick. I know at the very least two of those goals were direct assists from Connor McDavid, where he gets the primary. So I don't buy it. You know, if you put him on a line with even Brian Nugent Hopkins, like it, it just doesn't happen. There's no way. All right, line him up against the Avalanche. Who do you think wins next series? This is going to be a bloodbath. I think this is one of those things where, like, if I'm rooting for a team, Colorado. If I'm, yeah, no, I'm I, Colorado will win. Because I just think, you know, it's almost the same thing I said with Calgary, but like, Colorado is such a scary team. And Colorado has a lot of pieces. You know, I was just talking a little bit of shit on Darcy Kemper, but he's a good goaltender, you know. Their defense is great. It's complete 180. <laughs> no, it's not even. I like I Darcy Kemper versus St. Louis. I don't think he played his best hockey. He didn't even play. Bad no, but he has had solid years. When yeah, healthy. and he's played good for Colorado. He had a pretty decent save percentage going into uh, the St. Louis series. Um, you know how many games? He, how many games? Uh, I'll say six. But I would, I would say that maybe it could be five. Like I said, this literally all depends on Connor McDavid. If somebody can figure out Connor McDavid, then the game's over automatically. Because it, Mike Smith, uh, that flub that he let in the other day, I was like, in the playoffs? I mean, people have been talking shit about Mike Smith since the dawn of time, and you're going to let that goal in? Give me a break, dude. It's it just, I've never liked Mike Smith. I liked Mike Smith when he was with Colorado. But, you know, since then, it's just been, yeah. All right. I'm saying it's the Oilers in six games. Okay. So we'll, we'll do the flip. You know, I'll do Colorado in six. And you do Edmonton in six. And then, uh, I don't know, the loser gets the other one a beer or something. Reach around. Yeah. I do that anyway. <laughs> so, uh, right, Battle of um, Florida? Yeah, Battle of Florida. Um, god damn, this was, it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I understand 
why I would go to a strip club a night before a game. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like you. So I can't fault them. I am completely on their side if they were. Saying they weren't, but hey, we've all done it before. <laughs> um, but damn, that was a massacre. But yeah, maybe that's like, this is their on the verge moment of like, we're going to be better next year. Like when Columbus swept uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah. And the next know. year they won the cup. That was, I don't know. I just like Florida, they could not figure it out. If I'm not mistaken, they went like one and 33 on the power play. Like, right there, that's huge. Okay, yeah, that's, that's just awesome. not okay. And I, I think that, I mentioned this when it was 2-0, two two Tampa Bay, where I was like, I think the coaching had a lot to do with this series, because what I saw of Bobrovsky, it didn't look like he was a sieve. Sieve? Sieve? Sieve. Um, you know, he actually looked pretty well, and we talked a lot of shit on him during the Capitol series. So, you know, you can't blame Bob. You know, the offense wasn't really scoring. Bob, Bob. Bob. I'm sorry, Bob. Yeah, Bob. I don't know what Bob does. Um, and 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 listen, like as much as you want to put the blame on Tampa, or sorry, the blame on Florida. At the same time, Tampa played ridiculously well. They just danced all around. The yeah, Panthers. and they started getting hurt too. Yeah, I, I like Braden points out. Yeah, but I thought it was. It's not that bad, right? I gotta look. I haven't seen anything about it. Well, either way, I mean, you know, you go seven games with Toronto and then you just walk all over. Because I didn't think Tampa looked good in the Toronto series. They had like little flashes in the pan. Still maybe Vasilevsky, but um, that Florida series, it was just wolf. And, you know, I hate it because I like the Panthers because they just did not show up. And then the thing with the strip club, like, come on. Give me a break with that. You can't be doing that shit. Elimination game. If you want to do that, like, game two, fine. Elimination game and you're doing that shit? Nah, that's no good. All right, I'm sorry. I was reading about Braden Point. Oh, yeah? Um, anything good? He's not cleared to start practicing on the ice yet. Oh, shit. That's not good. But, I mean, it's yeah. good if... Uh, the Rangers pull it out tomorrow. And then that's a good thing. Uh, no, I'm on the, my chaos theory. I want Carolina to only win home games <laughs> all the way up to the Stanley Cup and win the Cup. What is that? But no, wait. I, I, I think... Oh, no. They would have home, uh, home field advantage. Yeah, they would have home ice on both sides. That's so strange. I don't understand that at all, that dynamic. And the Rangers are doing the exact same thing. So I don't know if it's really like the Rangers or... And this is the, the worst thing because they had a game. I think it was like game 79 for both of them. And it was Rangers-Carolina. And if the Rangers won, they would have been the number one seed. And if this is true, where they just can't can't win on the road, then it would have been game seven at the Garden. Yeah. It, it's devastating. I, I, I'm really, really like I'm nervous about this next game. Something about Carolina in Raleigh, they just step it up. And hey, listen, I, I don't know if you watched yesterday's game. Oh, yes, my God. Fucking Shesterkin. Like, it's 5-2, to two, and that score is incredibly, like, 
it's it's strange. Now I got to bring this up because as as usual, I was I was right again. But uh, yeah. you know, Auntie Ranta, he lets in that first goal. That was a very soft goal. I kept, the first time I'm watching it, I'm talking to my fiance and I'm like, that's got to be a tip. Like that went off somebody's knee or whatever. And then they played it again. And then Ray Ferraro, as they're doing the replay, he's like, that's the first goal Auntie Ranta's let in all series. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, no, that's that's tough. And then the second one. It's hard to decide if you want to rest them. See, that's what that's the biggest question going into game seven. I mean, well, it's, they did pull them. Yeah, and that's they said that during the game. They're like, Ron Brendan Morris probably just wants to rest him for game seven, and he doesn't want the garden crowd getting into his head. But listen, the second goal was kind of a softy too. And I see the second goal, I, li- I understand a little more because Ronta was cheating. So he's squared to the puck. He sees Zabanajad coming in. He's got Kreider on the opposite wing, but there's a defender in the middle. So in my head, I'm like, mm, do you really want to cheat to the right? Like, you, your defenders have been doing a pretty good job of stopping those cross crease passes. So, I I played a puck, not the not the pass in that situation. Um, obviously, again, I feel like I say this a lot, but Antti Ranta is a professional goaltender. So, however he plays, he plays. But that was another thing that Ray Ferraro said when you know after the he's like that's that's kind of a softy too, you know. And then the third goal by Filipino, that one was not a soft goal by any means. That was basically barred down. And that's when Brendan Moore was like, get him out of here. And I was like, ah, that's tough. And uh, even Peter Kochenkov, who I'm nervous about, he didn't look that great either. So you got a really weird goaltending situation in Carolina right now. The only saving grace you have, you're going back to Carolina and your team, you know, always plays well there for whatever reason. Did you see the video where the sideline or side ice, whatever you want to call her, reporter for ESPN, Emily Kaplan. Oh, with Auntie Ronta? Yeah. Oh, my why God. Did you, oh, why would you ask that right in front of him? Like, you're right, right I, behind him. I think I retweeted it, actually. At, you know, at GDH Podcast. Um, I, I was like, you could just look at the poor bastard's face. Like, obviously, that's a shitty situation to be in. Because they could have ended it right there. And uh, you really have to come up and ask the coach right now, right behind him. Like she's literally right behind him. And like, if I'm Ron Brendamore, I just shimmy her to left a little bit. Like, can we please not do this right in front of the kid that I'm trying to keep his mentality? Like, this is almost like man. What was that? I said he's he's a grown man, but oh, that's true. He's in his. I think he's in his thirties. But well, to Ron Brendamore, he's a kid, but. Uh, again, like the reason that Brendan Moore pulled him was probably to keep his mentality good for Game Seven, and now you're sitting here saying, uh, "Do you think it was a good idea to pull Ranta since he left in let in two really soft goals, like two shitty goals? Like he sucks. He's such garbage goaltender. You might as well spit right on his hat, you know? Like, bitch, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it God, was you so just want to step. You just want to step on his nuts while you say this. Yeah, like. Are you getting off on this lady? Come on now. Listen, it's a mistake, but damn, that sucks. Poor Anthony. It's just brutal. So, I mean, honestly, I, I saw a tweet, um, and it was said, oh, Game 7 will be a lot of fun to decide who goes on to lose to Tampa in four. And I was like, oh, that is a genuine concern, because Tampa looks really good right now. Yeah, dude, they look just as good. I mean, we could easily just see Colorado and Tampa for the final. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to make a prediction of, 
you know, what happens to Tampa after this round. But I don't want to, you know, sell them short. Well, if it's Carolina, I say Carolina wins. If it's New York, I think Tampa's going to win. Well, fuck you too. Um, honestly, like, it, it depends. I, I don't know that anybody beats Tampa, Colorado, New York. If, if Tampa can play the way they did against Florida, it's not even a fucking question, right? But I don't know. I think Vasilevsky is still a little bit of a question mark. Like, I mean, if he plays like he did He's versus Florida. He's been playing Florida, stellar. I know, but he didn't play stellar against Toronto, and the, the whole regular season, he didn't really kill it for them either. Um, you know. Yeah, but he looks so good versus the Panthers. He did, and you know, if you look at the save percentage for the, uh, I thought this is a very weird uh, stat, but the top five save percentages for the playoffs right now: Jake Ottinger, he's not going anywhere at nine five four; Jordan Biddington, nine four nine. Casey DeSmith, 941. The, the top three yeah. are already all knocked out. <laughs> Number That's four, Andre Vasilevsky, 932. Um, and then Mike Smith with a 927. What I think is really cool and uh, is just one of a thousand reasons why I want the Rangers to advance, goaltending-wise, Vasilevsky versus Shesterkin, that'll be a really fucking cool series to watch. If you have, you know, McDavid versus McKinnon, in the West, and then you have Shesterkin versus Vasilevsky in the East. Mwah! Talk about a fucking Final Four. Like, that is a really cool idea. Like, if you're Bettman and you're writing up the script, that's a, that's stellar, man. That is such a good... It writes itself, buddy. Damn. Chef's kiss right there, huh? Oh, for sure. I mean... Shesterkin, you know, first series versus Pittsburgh, it uh, it wasn't the best he had ever played, but he's looked pretty no, he's good in this Carolina. playing season. better than round one. Yeah, I mean, he's a kid, you know, and his only his uh, his only uh, uh, experience in the postseason was in 2020, and that was uh, in the bubble, so that doesn't really count, you know. That's bubble. So, this this is definitely. It's good for everybody involved. The Rangers are a young team. I mean, Carolina's a young team, too. So, a lot of experience out of this. And, uh, you know, I, I the Rangers really have to fucking step it up in Game 7 if they want to win. You know Carolina comes out skating when they uh, play at home. Um, And then, you know, depending on the goaltending situation, if I'm Gerard Gallant, I think that the message last night is the same message you should have tomorrow. Just put the puck on the net. Just shoot the puck. Because that's what they did in Game 6, and the puck just kept going in the net. It's not because they were phenomenal plays. It's not because they were laser shots. It's because the goaltenders were shit in the bed. You know, Ronta shit the bed a couple of times, and Kochenkov had one that I didn't like either. So, if you know, the Rangers are very, at least in this last season, they're very big on passing the puck and making the fancy play. Just put the puck on the net, you know? And if that's not working, then you go back. Yeah, I see what you're saying, though. So, uh, you got Carolina, I got the Rangers. We'll see what happens in that series. And then, um, you know, maybe, I don't know. It, it, I'm, I'm curious to see. I, I think, honestly, if I'm picking who, I think the Rangers have a better shot against Tampa than Carolina does. It's going to be pretty hard for either team. No, for sure. Again, it's, they both it's just came game. out of physical. 
first rounds, a physical second round, mm-hmm. and a not as like a team that's a little well rested. Yep. Yeah, the only thing you can hope is some rust develops or something like that. I don't see that happening for a Tampa team with a lot of experience, but like I said, either way, whoever advances, that's that's gonna be tough playing the Tampa team that's basically a fucking peak momentum right now. Yeah, they know uh they know to turn it on. Mm-hmm. They're definitely like they're definitely going for that three peat. No doubt. Um you know, to see what happens with whoever comes out of the West will be interesting too because I mean both of those teams have really good offense. Well, uh, let me take that back. Colorado has a very good offense, and the Oilers have Connor McDavid. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, we have a Hulk. You know, we have a Connor McDavid. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. And then he just puts everybody on his back. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, like it's not even fair. You know, points wise. Looks like Spezza retired. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's funny because. Uh, Everybody was talking about how Giordano signed that like really friendly contract, and they were like, "Next is Spezza," and I was like, mm, "I don't know." No, he's just joining the front like, office. I fucking knew it. Yeah, which is, I mean, you know, it's weird to think that Spezza was such a big like. You know, he was in Ottawa for a long time, wasn't he? Like, am I making that up? He was the captain. I'd have to pull up his hockey DB. That sounds like a lot of work, and I'm not. I'm too lazy, but. <laughs> Just one more thing, and then I'm I'm done, right? Uh, All right. You talk about Connor McDavid, right? Points in the postseason. Connor McDavid, 26. Leon Dreisaitl, 26. Next on the list, Adam Fox with 16. Then it's Mika Zibanejad, also with 16. And then it's Kucherov with 15. So there's 10 points between the highest-scoring guy, well, the, the, the two highest-scoring guys are obviously on the same team, and then the next two highest guys on, like, it's just ridiculous how how well Connor McDavid is, and Leon Drysaddle. He's a very talented player. Don't get me wrong, but Evander yeah, he's Kane just has, almost as good. Yeah, Evander Kane has twelve goals and fifteen points. I love like, Evander Kane on the ice. I, I I don't really like Evander Kane, but you know, it's funny to think I'm just looking at it now top ten with points in the postseason right now. The only guy. Up, oh no, actually, well, you got two guys up there from uh, Colorado, Cal McCarr and Nathan McKinnon, but they both have 13 points. It's really interesting. I didn't really look at that that much, but that's that's telling. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl have the most points in the postseason right now. If you half their points, that's how many Cal <laughs> McCarr and Nathan McKinnon have for uh, Colorado. Jesus Christ. I mean, if you're Colorado, just looking at that right there, you're really going to have to lean on Darcy Kemper. And Darcy Kemper basically just has to fight off McDavid. Many have tried. Yeah, I I think that. Oh, uh, Spezza was with Ottawa for a bunch of years. Then he was in Dallas, and now he's on Toronto. Yeah, he was only with Dallas for a year or two, right? Or maybe three. Five. Get out of here! That long, huh? From fifteen to nineteen. Okay, I didn't realize he was there that long. Yeah, 14, right. 15 to 18, 19. I find that very interesting. Alrighty. Uh, was there anything else you want to talk about? Nope. I think that's all I got from you. 
All righty. These episodes are going to start to get shorter <laughs> as yeah. we get further into the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, next week is going to be so short. It's going to be like, all right, guys, five minutes, and then we're done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Colorado won, Edmonton lost, Tampa won, Rangers lost. Uh, anything else? No? All right, see ya. <laughs> all right. Well, until next time, have a good dump. And bring back GM Connected.